GoBirds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. And thank you, Merrill. Welcome in to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Shore, Parks. Eagles lose 20 to 19. Pop the champagnes, Baltimore. That's 24 straight. Woohoo! All right. I like him coaching for the win there at the end. Though. He, he Trying, was. taking the timeout. Didn't make it happen, though. No. Har- Harbs is a happy man, that's yes. for sure. All right, Elliot. So a lot to take away. You're not really, at least, I, 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 in you and I talking about this prior to uh, coming on the air. The final score wasn't exactly paramount here. Yeah, but there's a couple things that were interesting. I thought just the actives versus the inactives. Yep. Running back position. Let's start there. Swift and Penny both played. Gainwell Scott didn't. Is it as simple as on Thursday you're going to flip that script and it's going to be the you know two of the those two guys sitting and then the other two playing. Well, not only did Penny play, he was carrying the ball up and in, in through the second quarter, yeah. which I think is very noteworthy. The way they've handled Penny throughout camp has been interesting because he's not getting a lot of work with the first team offense. And so you could sit here and go, all right, they're resting his body. He's someone that, you know, has had injury history in the past, but he has, uh, you know, a ton of the second most touches of all the running backs in training camp. Yeah. And then tonight you saw that he is not in front of Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Like I think at this point they, you saw they sack guys that they valued. I'm not saying they don't value Penny. Obviously, they value Swift. But for him to be active and for the other running backs not to, I thought was very noteworthy. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, who, like, the big the big takeaway for me from this is, like, if he doesn't play Thursday, then the antenna goes up a little bit, Elliot. But mm-hmm. I think it may have been just they don't feel like he's all the way back. You tell me because you're there every day from that injury. Yeah, so he was the, – the Eagles every day will give us – they don't have to give an injury report in, in during training camp, but they will give us an update, how are guys doing. And he had been to the point where they were not talking about his ankle mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was under the assumption he was fully back. Um, look, I don't know what the doctor said. I'm not down there in Baltimore. So maybe the doctors did say – He's not ready to play uh, in this game. But he has been back to taking first-team team reps in practice. And honestly, I was disappointed he didn't play tonight. Uh, again, there's a medical component of it, which if that's the case, then that's the case. Mm. But Jordan Davis is out there. Jalen Carter's out there. N'Kobe Dean is basically those guys. Yeah. I mean, you. I think, hey, he's not been that good in camp. And I, I want to see him in a setting. What I keep hearing is, well, when the pads go on and the lights go on, that's when you'll see the true N'Kobe. Well, tonight I thought would have been a great chance for him to make uh, make some plays and really show the flash plays that made him such a great player at Georgia. So, of all the things going into the night, N'Kobe was probably number one for me on what I wanted to watch. So, I was very disappointed he didn't play. It was a very short stint, however impactful. I mean, the play that J- Jalen Carter makes, yeah, it's, it's like everything you're hoping this is going to look like. I mean, the speed, the power, just, just the raw athleticism with the strength. 
was all there on that play. Well, Howie Roseman must have just been thrilled watching that play. Yeah. I mean, as much as obviously he's drafted a lot of Georgia guys and he took Jordan Davis last year, the prize at Georgia has always been Jalen Carter. Like, that's been the number one prospect. He plays a position that Howie values. Uh, obviously, you saw tonight what an elite player he can be. Now, he's going up against a backup, so, you know, he clearly took advantage of that. But that's what you're supposed to do. Like, if you're Jalen Carter and you're playing guys that aren't as good as you, then dominate them. Yeah. And that one snap tonight was probably more than Jordan Davis showed all last year as a pass rusher. Agreed. And as, go- as good as Jordan Davis could be against the run, and I do think he has had a really good training camp, if you're going to be a top 15 pick, you have to get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so Jalen doing that tonight I thought was extremely encouraging. All right. I also, you know, look, Nolan Smith – Active, yeah, right? uh, he played quite a bit, you know, and, and he looked good. I, and I get it, everything you just said, you know, there's qualifiers all over the place with who you're going against, but you are still talking about rookies, so I think that, yeah, gives you a little bit of that. It's not like you had the ones in there, um, so he looked good. That's a positive. So basically, you had Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter playing as you would expect, Hertz inactive, the, the entire offensive line. Yep. The starting offensive line was Steen at left tackle, Sills at left guard, Andrews at center. Opeda at right guard, and then Driscoll at right tackle. That's how you started things. Yeah, and I thought that was noteworthy. I mean, Dennis Kelly is someone on the roster that has played a ton in the NFL. You would think he would be one of their top backups at the spot, especially for a team that's expected to play in a lot of big games this year. You probably don't want to go to Tyler Steen as a rookie yeah. at left tackle if someone something were to happen. So maybe they're just getting him reps there. But Dennis Kelly later in the game gave up a sack or, or, or a quarterback hit. So I didn't think he had a great game. Um, but overall, the backup offensive line, it was hard to tell how well they played because I think Mariota yeah. looks like spastic back there. Like I, I don't think he's uh, – he, he looks like he's – comfortable at all behind this line that's a good way to put it and, and it, like to me if you're moving the ball down the field to an extent and it's almost all solely on your legs mm-hmm. in this kind of setting that does nothing for me well you would hope that someone that's played and won in playoff games and played a lot of regular season NFL games started him he would look more calm back there than yeah. he does he is an impressive runner like he covers a lot of ground when he runs he has big strides and so You could see how if he were to go in for Jalen, it would help that he could run the ball. But as a passer, he is nowhere near the passer Jalen is. And frankly, I thought Tanner McKee looked better as a passer than than Mario did. And looked calmer back there. 100%. Yeah. Tanner McKee actually, and we'll we'll get into this in a little bit, Elliot, he had a good night. He really did. The the quarterback factory is uh, (laughs) chugging away. Well, if there's if there really is a quote unquote competition between he and Ian Book, at least tonight, oh, that's over. There wasn't a competition. Yeah, they're not going to cut uh, Tanner McKee after tonight. Yeah, and they're not going to keep four quarterbacks. No, and and ten of twenty tonight, 148 yards, made some nice throws, and and you know back shoulder fades, timing mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, and, you know you like to see that. Well, what I thought was impressive was so in camp so far, he has not really been throwing the ball down the field. It's been a lot of like check downs, less than 10 yard throws, like those type of things. Right. Tonight he comes out right away, like first Boom. play, back shoulder, like I think it was a 31. Keep in mind, he had another pay- play that was called back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, catch that Joseph and Gata made that I thought, look, he did have contact with the guy, but it was a very nice catch. So he really stretched the field today, and it was impressive to see. Yeah, so we'll get into some of the other guys, some of the sort of no-name guys who really stood out, too. You know, I know you've been on Eli Ricks. Oh, yeah. He, he had a big Welcome game. Welcome to the 53-man roster. Well, the other thing you see is, man, Sidney Brown does have wheels. I yep. mean, he can cover some ground really, really 
quickly. All right, we're going to cover all that. We're going to get into all those kind of things. We'll hear from Nick Sirianni a little bit later. Uh, I don't know if we'll hear from the quarterbacks. Maybe we will. Maybe Tanner McKee. Yeah, I think you, Tanner will, will you talk. you got to stick around and find out. Of course. Out. This is your, this is your, look, you're the starter tonight, right? Or I guess Mariota will talk. Maybe so. we'll hear from Mariota. Yeah. yeah. But either way, it'll, it'll, it'll be uh, well worth it. Your reaction to what you saw tonight. Now, we had a little conflict. Philly's got smoke, so I'm sure a lot of people were on the Eagles seeing what happened. You want to hop on 215-592-9494. All right, little did you know. Yes, it is that time from Dell Chevrolet. The now Ravens head coach, John Harbaugh, became known as Andy Reid's special teams coach, but he was actually hired, Elliot, by... I don't know. Not Ray not. Rhodes. Okay, there you go. Yes, if you didn't know that, as Elliot didn't, then you yes. don't know Jack. I'm already learning stuff. Get to see Jack Dell's team at DellToyota.com or DellChevrolet.com. All right, we're going to get further your impressions of everything else that went down in this game. I, I thought the running backs really kind of stood out a couple guys, that's for sure. We'll cover all of that ground when we come back. You are listening to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on 94 WIP. This is the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale post-game show on Eagles Radio. Welcome back in PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale post-game show. Rob Ellis joined by Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, let's let before we get into everything else, and let me let me start with the ground game, and then I want to hit you with something else. But mm. our Independence Blue Cross ground game, brought to you by Independence Blue Cross, the region's strongest network of doctors and hospitals, means you can choose where, when, and how you get the care you need. Independence Blue Cross. Learn more at ibx.com. All right, so a couple things jump out. One, uh, let's start with DeAndre Swift. It wasn't much, but it was a couple of a couple of carries, man. And on the one, he shows you the elusiveness and then dips a shoulder yeah. and, and just, boom, laid into a guy. And I think that is what makes him special as a running back. You think of him as just like kind of a scat back, like pass catcher, mm-hmm. but he he's very strong. And that, that has shown it in camp as well. Like you can see the power that he has. Um, and that's why, ultimately, I don't believe that another running back is going to be the top one on this team. I just think Swift's ability to catch the ball, and I'm sure he has, I know that, I should say, he has to be better at, at you know, reading uh, the holes when, he, when he's running the ball. But you saw tonight, he can just do things other running backs on this yeah. roster can't do. So I thought that one play uh, was extremely encouraging. Yeah, that was good. And, and I'll tell you, Trey Sermon, I know it's a crowded room, Elliot, and I know he's, you know, five out of a, you know, probably four-man race, potentially, yeah. but... I'll tell you a lot of things that I liked. I liked the way he ran it. I liked his blitz pickup. I, I thought he looked, you know, like a guy who absolutely belongs. Well, and the blitz pickup is huge because yeah. if you're going to be in there, especially on third downs. Now, he's not great catching the ball, mm-hmm. but if he's going to be in on third downs in certain situations, he has to be able to block. So I think the interesting dynamic with this team right now is, look, Swift is going to make the team. Gainwell is going to make the team. And I think Scott is as well. I think Boston Scott, in the role they use him, is perfect for that role. So it really comes down to Penny or Sermon. And if you look at tonight, Penny played. He played into the second uh, quarter. But in training camp so far this year, Penny has five carries with the first-team offense, and Sermon has five as well. Wow. So they are getting equal touches with the first-team offense. Sermon was on the roster all last year. They have an extra year of control with with Sermon. He's Mm. under contract beyond this year. That's not the case with Penny. So I really think, like— so this thing's up in the air in I your think, estimation. I, I believe it is, yeah. And I would not surprise me if they cut Penny on the initial 53 and then maybe try to bring him back. I don't believe he's subject to waivers. Huh. So he, we don't have to worry about that. Trey Sermon is, so you would lose Sermon potentially if you cut him. But, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Like, yeah. when you watch him tonight, I don't see a difference. Like, Penny doesn't look 
like a noticeably better running back to me, if better at all than Sermon. Well, the and the other thing, let's go to the point you made earlier. I mean, you know, we were talking about Jalen Carter, and you said, you know, hey, it's against backups. Well, I mean, at that point, Penny's out there against backups. He he shouldn't yeah. look like he's laboring. He should be. I mean, he averaged less than four yards per carry. Yeah, and I don't think he's great catching the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't bring that component to, to the game. So if you're not going to do that, you have to be great between the tackles. And you have to be a power runner. And I think Sermon looks like the better power runner to me. Wow. I mean, the only thing, obviously, the advantage of Penny is experience, but we also know there's the injury history. Well, there's injury so, history. Yeah. That's that's the other thing, is with Sermon, not as proven as – not that Penny is some proven running back. Yeah. I think we get a little overboard sometimes talking about how great he's been. He's only – in his entire five-year career, he's rushed over 50 yards 14 times. So this is not wow. someone that is, like, constantly putting up big numbers when he's healthy. He just – he hasn't really proven himself. So I think Sermon, there's some there's some uh, intriguing, compelling reasons to keep him. Okay. Well, let's get Chris in Delaware. Chris, you're on the Eagles postgame show. Hey, Chris. Hey, sorry. Just taking you guys off speaker. No problem. Good to hear you guys. Good to be talking. Um, Great to be back, man. You know, I, I played football my eighth grade year, and I played football all of high school. It's just so nice. To see football is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all of summer we get baseball, and, you know, the Phillies are doing well. Other Tonight was bad, but the Phillies are doing well right now, and we're watching some good ball. But just to see Todd's hitting, guys getting interceptions, like that one hit Brian Branch had today, I was on the boardwalk at the beach, and I started screaming because I was like, <laughs> football is back. Like, this Did you scare any young fun. children on the boardwalk? Be oh, honest, it, it doesn't matter. I yeah. was just so excited. I was like, football is back, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you scream but, when Mariota was playing? Different type of scream. Yeah. But um, Jalen Carter tonight on that one play that I, I at least saw on social media, holy cow, he just mm-hmm. threw that guard into, like, North Wilmington and said, hey, you can go have a party up there. I'm going to go get your quarterback. And then Sidney Brown tonight, just flying all over the field, being a ball hawk, being a guy that just he showed that he wants a spot on this team. He went out there and said, look, I know I was a little later in the draft, but I'm going to show you that I can beat out some of these guys who you guys have had yeah. for more than just the beginning of this season. No question. And, and Chris, thanks, man. I, I can hear the, the enthusiasm yeah. in his voice. So let me ask you, Elliot, what ultimately, whether it's the beginning of the season or as we progress here, from what you're seeing every day, what we saw tonight with Sidney Brown. Yeah. What's your expectation there? So he's not getting any first-team reps in camp. He's okay. been mostly with the threes. He's moved up to the twos somewhat. But I think he's someone they want on the field. They, I mean, he was, you know, he said he was a later-round pick. He was, I think, second-round yeah, or first third. pick of the third. Yeah, third, so yeah. he is someone that should be playing this year. And they're not loaded at safety, and they have very few proven options. I mean, you talk about players that didn't play tonight. Only Reed Blankenship among the safeties didn't play. The rest of them were suited up. And, I mean, Kayvon Wallace, I think, was playing into the third quarter. Yeah, Edmonds played. He had a Yeah, sack. Edmonds played a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Um, Evans, Justin Evans had a, had a bit of a rough game. Had a few nice plays. But, yeah, um, he was up and down. Yeah, but with, but with Sidney Brown, I think he's someone they want out there. And you can see why tonight. Yeah. He's the best athlete they have at the position. Just in terms of speed, hitting, instincts. What I liked from him tonight was – it looked like he was really trusting his instincts. Like he, he felt like he knew what he was looking at, or or at least felt he was confident in it, and he acted upon it. He had that play where he came like barreling down the field. The guy tried to jump. He still brought him down somewhat. But yeah, I, I he had a great open field tackle too on on a running back. Well, and that's really encouraging because coming out of Illinois, that the main concern for him was was the yeah. tackling. So 
yeah, I thought he had, he had a good night, and he's someone that I think in week one he won't start, but I could see a world where he has some packages where he's out there for four or five snaps, and uh, unlike the other safeties, he can go up to the line and play man coverage. I don't think they have another safety that can do that, so there's definitely a need for him to get out on the field. All right, let's talk about Eli Ricks because I know you've been impressed with him at training camp. He had mm-hmm. the pick six tonight, and he's a guy who you just kind of notice, man. He's flying yeah. around a lot, so what have you seen from him, and, and again, you know – is he a likely candidate to make this team? Well, after tonight, yeah, I think so. Now, with the Eagles' cornerback position is a really interesting one. They have so many guys like Eli Ricks just in terms of like their college pedigree, undrafted, but there's a reason to be excited about him. Eli Ricks tonight obviously has has the pick six, great instincts, you know, all that. But what I love seeing from him too was like he's trash-talking the receivers oh, after yeah. every incompletion. He's in their face. You can see, I mean, he has like that Jalen Mills type of personality where you know, he's got the finger wagon, all that stuff. And he has the body of a number one corner. Long arms, tall. You can see he'll, he, he will be able to stick with bigger uh, receivers. In camp, he's been a little up and down. He's mostly getting third-team reps. He's had a few kind of missed tackles in camp, but he started to come on. He had a nice pass breakup last week uh, in coverage against Devontae in one-on-ones. Obviously, you saw what he did tonight. I mean, he's someone I think gets claimed off waivers because this time last year, he was viewed as like a first-round pick type of guy. So after tonight, I don't know if they'll be able to cut him. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I want to go back to a couple other things. There, there were some receivers who made plays. Joseph Nagata has kind of stood out a little bit. Well, he's been outstanding in training. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Tyree Cleveland looked good tonight too. And he hasn't had a, he hasn't been as good in camp. So yeah, I mean, when coming into coming into camp, they had a lot of these young type of receivers. Uh, Charleston Rambo's not here anymore, but Ngata, Rambo, Cleveland, Jaden Hasselwood. They signed someone this week, Johnny King, who had a catch tonight. Good. Also six five, not as big as Ngata, but. Um, you know, has the size that that Ngata has. But of them all, Joseph Ngata has been without question the best. He's worked his way up to this week. He got one uh, first-team reps and seven-on-sevens. And he just catches, like, almost everything thrown his way. And you can see with the backup quarterbacks how much they like to throw it to him. Of all the players in camp, he has the third most targets on the team. And obviously those are not coming from Hurts. So that shows that when he's playing with Mariota and, and Book and McKee, he, he has their trust already. And you saw it tonight. Why? Well, and that's the other thing. Like, a lot of this is going to come down to who can play special teams, yeah. right? And, you know, again, that could be the separation between you're on the practice squad, you're on the team, you're on the practice squad, or you're not on the team. Well, you saw Makai Gardner tonight had right. that forced fumble, another corner mm-hmm. that I think is some intriguing potential. But with Joseph Ngata, what you saw tonight too was why this guy was a five-star recruit coming out of high school and right. why he went to Clemson, which maybe not as much anymore, but when he went was known as like wide receiver you. Like mm-hmm. that's where all the really great receivers went. Had bad quarterback play uh, when he was at Clemson. Had it tonight again with Mariota. So, you know, something he's probably getting used to. But, yeah, I mean, much like Eli Ricks, he's someone that at one point was discussed as being a top, you know, three-round pick. So, yeah, I think to get him as an undrafted free agent, they have a lot of those guys that played at big-time programs, didn't really pan out, but you see the potential. All right, we're going to hear from Nick Sirianni. We're going to hear from Marcus Mariota. I want to get more into Tanner McKee and, and what we saw there as well. We'll also give you an injury update. When we come back, there was, uh, unfortunately, a, an injury that could impact the special teams yeah. that we just talked about. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. He's Elliot. I'm Rob. You're listening to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on 94 WIP. Here we go! This is the PDQ Point of Sale Systems postgame show on Eagles Radio. All right, welcome back in, everybody. 
PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Shore Parks. Eagles lose to the Ravens 20 to 19. And Baltimore keeps their streak of 24 straight preseason wins alive. I want to get to that in a second, Elliot, but let's start with the injury report brought to you by Novacare Rehabilitation. Novacare, uh, you go to Novacare.com to schedule an appointment today. Eagles choose Novacare. So can you. Novacare, the power of physical therapy. Uh, let's start with the injuries. There really was one of note. Uh, you know, let's let's. All right, it was Sean Bradley who was carted off. Here's Nick Sirianni playing with the back, and I have no problem show, telling you guys this. Like the backs, I, I always like those guys getting tackled. So the first time they don't get tackled is in the game one. So you know, next game Boston or, or Kenny will get a, a couple carries like uh, Swift did today, and the next game the the other one will uh, get a couple carries. So it was just DeAndre's turn tonight to do it. Um, that's what went into that. I just that's that's my philosophy with the backs, and and sometimes you know that's my philosophy now. But that doesn't mean I'm locked into that. So next year, if you say something to me like, "Hey, you told me to do this in the back," yeah, we'll see. All right, okay. Jalen Carter played two snaps tonight. Was that the plan, or did you see enough on that first snap? Um, you know, again, he's going to be in, you know, a lot in, in these games in a couple of days. You know, I, the reason the starters warmed up, right, the reason they warmed up is because, again, I don't want their first time they go through their routine to be um, in the first preseason, in his first game. And so, you know, we, you know, we, we wanted to do that and with, with all the starters, pardon me, and then, you know, get a couple, a couple of the young guys some reps too. And so um, that's why he played a couple reps, and we'll see where he is. And we'll, uh, we'll you know, obviously he's going to play a lot during the joint practices, and we'll see where he is to, if what we're going to do next week. pressure indicative of what you've seen on filming camp the last the first few weeks? Yeah, you know, obviously it's early. He's working hard every day, and he's had, and he's had some really nice plays. Um, you know, he's very talented, and, uh, you know, he's just got to keep working. Um, you know, he, he's, he still has yet to make a play in the NFL, so he's just got to put his head down and work. Um, but he's, had, he's put some nice practices back-to-back, um, back-to-back, to back, uh, actually. So, you know, he's just got to put his head down and keep working. That was the first uh, sort of dry run for Brian and for Sean. Uh, Brian obviously calling plays at 14, I think, and 12 on those first two drives and plays. How important is that to get him? You know, I really thought Brian and Sean were in a great groove. I thought the, the communication was operating at a, at a high level. Now, we still had some, uh, some pre-snap penalties. We had a delay a game. Um, and when you have any time you have a delay a game, it's on everybody. It's on me. It's on the, it's on the quarterback. It's on the coordinator. It's on all of us, um, the offensive coaches, everybody. And so, but I really felt really good. I, I just thought Brian was in a great groove. Um, same with Sean. I just thought they did a really nice job with the communication. I mean, we stressed that. All week, you know, like one of the things we showed yesterday at our team meeting was all the bad football that is played, you know, in preseason. There's a lot of bad football, right? There's a lot of mistakes, and we just kind of went through, you know, our process of it. And you know, some of our, you know, some of our plays have been on, we're on that too, uh, you know. And so we just we we really wanted to make sure we played uh, sound football, you know, um, with fundamentals, uh, you know, and also. Um, with, with high football IQ, with fundamentals, and, and also really good uh, operation. And I thought that was really good. I thought the coordinators did an excellent job of um, high, operating at a high level. Tanner McKee made a number of big completions tonight. What did you learn about him and his performance? Yeah, I mean, the first, first play he's in, he puts a back shoulder on the on, – um, I can't remember who it was. Was it Tyree? Tyree, I mean, perfectly placed ball. And then, you know, we've been seeing that in practice. You know, he's – 
he's made a number of really nice throws like that. He, you know, he makes good, just quick decisions, gets the ball. He usually goes to the uh, right place with the football and is an accurate passer. And that's what we saw in college. And we're really excited to work with him. And he, I thought he, I thought he did well. I mean, his, his stats might not look great. Uh, I don't know, what was he, 10 of 20? Yes. Like 140 some. Yeah, he, put, I mean, he had some decent stats. I mean, you always want that completion percentage to be up a little bit. But I thought he did a lot of nice things and, and operated at a high level. He stretched the field more than he's done this summer. Is that on Yeah, it's the same thing. Like you know, what you get with the defense. You know, that they're playing a different defense than our defense plays, and so you know that that's sometimes that's just the design of the defense of, of what you're playing and him going to the right place with the football. Uh, Marcus, we talked about the first two drives. How impressed uh, were you with his ability to extend those drives? A couple third and longs, the fourth. Yeah, like you know, he did he did it a couple times with his feet, and then he did. He, I really thought that play that he made to Greg Ward on the crosser was a really outstanding play of you know just how he kind of went about his process to get there. The you know him just playing good quarterback right there. It was really it was really uh, good to see him do that and. Uh, you know, um, at, and operate at head level. We know he's played a lot of games in this league, and uh, that's what we expected to, to see. And he went out there and, and, and really played a nice game. In your first season, you made a point of telling us you didn't want to show anything in the preseason because of the opening of surprise. Are you doing that with the defense this year? I think we're doing that with offense and defense. I don't want anyone to really know what uh, that we could be doing anything when we get you know to game one, game two, game three. You know, and so by, and then by the time that goes around, you kind of know what you're we're doing. So. You know, all our new wrinkles we're keeping in our pocket. All our, all our thought processes, we're, you know, we're treating preseason like that because we don't want to give away any answers. Um, you know, that's, that's why we practice hard, right, is it's, it's to, to go out there and, and you can work that stuff at practice and then come out here and, and work a base game plan of, and, and let the guys try to operate at a high level. And so that's always going to be the philosophy. You know, you're probably not going to see all, uh, any new wrinkles uh, from us. Um, and you know that's that's by design, but it's also there to to allow young guys to go out there and operate at a at a high level, knowing exactly what to do, so their talent can shine, and so we can evaluate them. All right, all right, thanks everybody. All right, there is head coach Nick Sirianni answering some questions there, and, and certainly uh, laying out the running back situation as we look forward here. Who could be inactive? Who could be active? Who's going to get touches? We'll get into all those kind of things. When we come back, a lot of ground to cover from the Eagles' first preseason game. They fall 2019 to the Ravens. He's Elliot Shore Parks. I am Rob Ellis. You are listening to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on 94 WIP. This is the PDQ Point of Sale Systems postgame show on Eagles Radio. All right, welcome back in, everybody. To the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show, Rob Ellis, Elliot Short-Parks. Eagles fall to the Ravens in their first preseason game, 20-19. to Pretty competitive game, uh, that's for sure. I'm, Elliot, I'm going to flip the script a little bit here All right. with our crucial catch. I'm going to give it to Eli Ricks for his pick six. That was still a catch. It was. All right, so it we're was probably the that. highlight play of the game there. I think so, too. Uh, that is our do-dat dental group catch of the night. Brought to you by Dudat Dental Group, official dentist of the Philadelphia Eagles. Make your crucial catch. Get screened for oral cancer now. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Yeah, I mean, I will say this, too. There was some nice plays made by Tyree Cleveland. We talked about Joseph Degada a little bit earlier. A couple of those guys stepped up. The other one, too, Elliot, and 
I don't mean this as a knock, but you, you tend to forget Greg Ward's still around. Yeah. And Greg Ward. Even though he's always around. He's always around. Yeah. <laughs> Early was was really kind of the, the, the go-to target for, mm-hmm. for both, I thought, Mariota and Tanner McKee. You know, he's kind of underrated in a way. Like, obviously, he's not a top three receiver on a good passing offense. Right. But if he's your fifth receiver, he has been a number, as sad as this is, a number one receiver in the yeah. NFL on the Eagles. He's played pretty well whenever they have had to some play clutch him. catches. Yeah, and then you saw it tonight, and he honestly, he's had a good training camp. As bad as Mariota looked tonight, the best pass he's had all camp was like a 50-yard touchdown to Greg Ward down the middle of the field in an 11-on-11 drill. So, yeah, I— I don't think Greg Ward will make the team. He's kind of in this tough spot where nobody's going to claim him on waivers. So the Eagles know that – I don't even think he's waiver eligible anymore. So the Eagles know they can just sign him to their practice squad. But I do think he he had a good game. And, uh, you know, worst comes to worst, I would probably rather have him him go in at receiver than Britton Covey, who didn't dress, by the way. Well, so, yeah, and, and Sirianni mentioned that. So Covey and Quez dealing with hamstrings. Okay. They, they didn't right. want to – yeah, they didn't want to push that or take any chances with that. Well, I, the other thing with Greg Ward is, look, worst case scenario, he can secure a punt for you. Yep. I mean, you know that. He's he's reliable. Let's and I, I don't think Covey is a better punt returner than, than Greg Ward is. I mean, Covey's a fine punt returner, but he's not special by no, any stretch. No, I mean, th- sadly, it's become just who can at least catch the ball at, yeah. at this point. I mean, that's kind of where you're at. And in today's special teams especially. Like, well, the kick returns basically don't exist anymore. Trey Sermon, by the way. Might be one of the worst kick returners I've ever seen. Yeah, it that, takes him forever to get going. That can't happen. Yeah, that was just like an only tonight thing. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of it. I think he was experimenting a little bit. Like like Nick was using certain time management pieces, and I want to talk about that with you in a second, what you saw at practice this week. But, you know, at one point he goes for it, and they get it, and then there's another opportunity on a fourth down. He doesn't go for it, but that was to get Sippos in there to try to do a little pooch kick, yeah. and he doesn't pooch it. It, it, it. it gets The guy catches it, fair catches it like the 12. You're trying to drop that thing inside the 10. Yeah, that, that was not what they were going for. Um, and also a notable special teams thing. I believe Ty Zetner was the holder all night. So, you know, one big, and he kicked off. And he kicked off. One big thing that um, has kept Sipos in the role of punter is that Jake Elliott really likes him as his holder. Yep. Ty Zetner, sooner or later, that can't be enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be the better punter. So if Ty Zetner is the better punter in camp, I think it's noteworthy they're getting him all these reps for uh, holding for Elliott. All right, we didn't necessarily see much of it tonight, but I know they were working on a lot of situational stuff this yeah. week at practice. How, how did it look? Well, and Nick talked about it tonight uh, after the game. He said he thought that both uh, Brian Johnson and Sean Desai were in a good groove with the communication and the play calling. And it's something that I don't think we've talked about enough on air. As much as we, they have to be good coaches, obviously. Like, their X's and O's matter. Another big part of this is Sirianni had so many reps together with Steichen and Gannon. Right. He does not have those reps with Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. So, this week at camp, they've just been working on procedural, th- procedural mm-hmm. things. Like, they moved to the link and had the headsets on to work on, you know, the play calling. Who's talking to who? Making sure it's all working. And so, tonight, that was something I was looking for. There were a few pre-snap penalties. I believe they either had a delay game or they had to call a timeout because of it. There was one special teams play where I saw Trey Sermon run out late. So, it wasn't flawless. But I think it's good that they're getting these reps together because they think it's tough now. Wait till week one up in New England. Like, that's going to be a crazy uh, environment. It it would be crazy anyway. It's the opener, but it's also Brady night. Exactly. It was going to be added, uh, you know, excitement level. That's for sure. I I think that is one of the things that Nick's maybe underrated. 
people look at the emotional, you know, the emotion, some of the other things that uh, about him. But I do think he's a pretty good attention to detail guy, and he, and he covers a lot of bases to make sure that his team's ready for that well, upcoming and, week. And I think part of it is he doesn't call plays, right? And so ultimately, we'll see if they can keep getting good offensive coordinators where it doesn't matter that he doesn't call plays. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it was the Super Bowl. But outside of that one game, they were a very clean team last year. Like yeah. You very rarely saw them make time management mistakes. It felt like in situational football, they were always very prepared, and Nick made the right calls. So, yeah, I mean, if he's going to have to put more of his attention, even if it's you know 5% more, onto making sure Brian Johnson's doing his job or making sure Sean, De- Sean Desai is. I mean, they're both first-time coordinators. I know Desai did it one year in Chicago. But if he has to pay more attention to that, then you know that that's going to potentially hurt his situational football. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to hop on, talk about the game, talk about where this team's at. I, I want to go back to Mariota for a minute here. Seven of eleven, fifty-eight yards, uh, five point three yards per completion. Did rush the ball four times, twenty-nine yards. He looked mm-hmm. good running. You know, when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts who will take off, we've seen him the last two years get hurt, missed yeah. a little bit of time, not significant, thankfully. Uh, you could be counting on this guy. Do you would you feel good about him in either a shootout setting or trailing, and you need to come back and, and likely throwing the ball to make I, I up a lot of time quickly? I'll, I'll save you time. I don't think there's a single situation I would feel good about him going in, unless you're up 30 points and you're just killing time in the fourth. To me, he does not look like he is ready to lead the passing offense. Mm-hmm. In camp, uh, I have him at 61% completion percentage. For training camp, I mean, that's <laughs> bad in the NFL. In training camp, that's horrendous. Yeah. In training camp, you should be at 70 75% for the type of throws that they're attempting. So his accuracy has been a major issue. You, you saw tonight, yeah. he had one throw along, I believe, the right sideline, not even close. It's like five yards out of bounds, the guy's still high. running. Yeah. yeah, Hospital balls. Yeah, so and not only that, I don't think he looks calm in the pocket. And you would think for a quarterback that's played so many snaps in the NFL, he would. So if he had to go in and start a game look he can do the rpo stuff he Mm -hmm. can escape that's important but even though gardner Minshew couldn't run gardner Minshew threw a nice football he was an accurate passer from the pocket he was he was comfortable it's the only reason he's in the nfl he's not some great athlete Mm -hmm. so uh mariota if he has to go in and start an important game i'm not saying i would go to tanner mckee but i'm positive tanner mckee is better than mariota throwing the ball yeah i what i liked about mckee tonight was a his presence he was just kind of calm but he, he was a couple times he really drove the ball. Yeah. Like it, it, it felt like, to me, a couple times, I'm not saying that it was super tight windows, but there were a few that were there. And he's willing to make those throws. And he's willing to make the throw. And the other thing is some nice touch on those back shoulder fades. I mean, they're, they're, that's probably the toughest pass to defend if you have single coverage yeah. for any kind of corner or safety. Well, and we've said this a few times tonight, but it's true because of all the talent they've added through the draft. At one point, Tanner McKee was viewed as a first-round pick. Like, early mock drafts from last year had him as a first-round pick in this year's draft. Now, in college, his offensive line fell apart, didn't have great weapons, so he didn't put up big numbers. And I don't think he has a top-two-round talent. But you saw tonight why he was expected to potentially at one point go that high. I think your point about the touch on his throws is really important. He put it where only his receivers could make a play on it. He had a touchdown to Ngata that got called back. I thought that was a good throw mm-hmm. in terms of putting it where only he could get it. So it was impressive tonight for sure. They, he, they will not be releasing him. He'll be on the 53. Yeah, it, it looks that way. That's for sure. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop on. We'll come back. We'll get a recap from Tom Kelly. We uh, could be hearing from Marcus Mariota as well. We'll dig into some of the other fine points of the game tonight and just how things have looked thus far because they turn it around pretty quick and we're back at it on Thursday. He's Elliot Shore Parks. I'm Rob Ellis. You are listening to the PDQ Restaurant Port of Sale postgame show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day.
on 94 WIP. This is the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show on Eagles Radio. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Elliot Shore Parks, Rob Ellis, PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show. Eagles lose to the Ravens 20 to 19. You know what? I need a recap. I need a recap, and we have the man himself in the seat, ready to roll for the 2023 season, the one and only Tom Kelly. Tom, take it away.
That is the Cozy Jewelers offensive play of the game brought to you by Cozy Jewelers. Step up to the fifth seed this season. That's color, cut, clarity, carrot, and cozy. Welcome back into the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, Elliot, but that was it, it was only two carries, but yeah. especially that one, you got the full, you know, display of what this guy's capable of in terms of being a home run hitter, but also physical. Yeah, and I, I think the important thing too is you look at the running back position. They have guys that can do different things. Boston's good catching it out the backfield, Kenny. All, I think Swift is the best combination of all of them. Mm-hmm. And you saw that on that one play. Penny's known for being a hard runner. You saw DeAndre uh, Swift on that play lower his shoulder and run run someone over. The whole sideline goes wild. Yeah. You saw at the beginning of the play the elusiveness to make someone miss. And then we know what he can do as a pass catcher. So that play really showed why when the Eagles traded for this guy. Like that's what you hope he is. That's like I mean that's why he was a first round pick if I'm not mistaken or a high sec- second second yeah, yeah I mean he was he was drafted high because of this so yeah um you know he's gonna have to get better at read making reads a- as a runner but talent wise he's their best running back yeah it's just health that's all it is with him you know yeah sure. and his health is weird where you know Penny unfortunately has been out with serious injuries Swift is mostly. Like little nagging shoulder things. high ankle. Yeah, where he still plays, but he's not 100% and, and that type of thing. Yeah. All right. So I want to go to the other side of the ball for a minute here. We mentioned just what an unbelievable play Jalen Carter makes. Yeah. And I, I like this because after the game, Elliot, he said basically he had been studying tape of Ravens guard Ben Cleveland, which helped him get the pressure. He saw some tendencies mm-hmm. in, in film study. This is what you want to hear, man. Yeah. This is from your, from your rookie you know, defensive tackle. Well, the thing that always stands out to me about, about Jalen Carter is so every year before the draft, I have like draft guides that I read to kind of get to know the prospects, and I'll read the same ones year after year because I trust them and, and all those things. And with Jalen Carter, almost all of them for weaknesses were like, yeah, he doesn't really have any. You know, like, and, right. and then so you hear this with, with he's watching film, he's preparing. What I really liked about this play was not only did he get the sack – but he has a set of pass rush moves already. Like yeah. he knows what he's doing at the line of scrimmage. Jordan Davis, that's one of his issues coming in is he doesn't know how to pass rush. He doesn't have pass rush moves yet. Jalen Carter, not only does he have those pass rush moves, he has super quick feet, really good hands. And when you combine that with with watching film, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason this guy was viewed as probably the best player in the draft. So we talked about that. You saw some little flashes from Nolan Smith as well. All good. Uh, frankly, and, and we talked about this, I asked you during the break because I didn't notice much here. Um, mm. Jordan Davis, quiet. Yeah, and it's discouraging because I do think he's had a really good training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the open practice at the link, I thought he had some some good pass rush, or he got after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely slimmed down. He's in better shape. But, yeah, this is another game where you're watching it, and, you know, maybe if you, you know, really grind the film, you can see that on this certain play he made. Yeah. But just from from watching it, like Keely Ringo made some bit, uh, some standout plays tonight. Obviously, Jalen did. You mentioned Nolan. Mm-hmm. Nakobe, of course, didn't play. But, yeah, it was discouraging not to see Jordan kind of stand out a little bit with, with how good his camp has been. Yeah, no question. And that's you know one of the things you're looking for from him is impacted on either whether it's the passing game, whether it's the running game. And, again, you're not talking about a ton of reps either, in fairness, to, to but that's, any of these guys. Well, yes, you're right tonight. But, in general, I, I can't go – through another year of, well, he's only playing 20 I agree reps. with you. Like he, I, and perhaps to uh, Shield Capati on this, I think of like 103 third down plays last year or whatever the number was, he played on three of them. 
Wow. Something like that. Like he was barely on Oof. the field for third down. That that is the money down. In the NFL, third down is where you earn your money on offense, on defense, at quarterback, like head coach. The third down is where the best players and the best coaches shine. Mm-hmm. And he can't even get on the field. So this year it cannot be that again. No, it can't. Let's go to Seth in media. Seth, you're on the Eagles post game show. Hey Seth. Hey, what's going on, guys? <clears throat> Good to be on with you earlier in the year. Um, Rob, it's been a minute since I called Elliot. I talked to you often in the morning. Yep, good um, to hear from you. So uh, not much, man. I so a question about what you guys thought about um, the coaching, um, and I have a couple other points that I wanted to make uh, just to get your insight on it because I know it's so early in the season. I mean, yeah. who knows at this point? But um, you know, I know things were kind of vanilla. Um, but was there anything that kind of stuck out to you guys, coaching wise, or, or or their approach with certain players, or maybe that like something that these guys have been doing, Elliot? I know you get the inside track, like that, that maybe the coaches are doing with these guys. It seems to be paying off so far, whether it be with effort or the way yeah. that they're kind of working with each other on the field. Um, is anything stuck out like that? And then I have a couple other things. So tonight, and you put it perfectly, like it was vanilla. They're not going to show anything tonight. And the Eagles especially, they are very, very into like hiding what their plan is. And Nick the, said as much afterwards. Yeah, too. and with the new defensive coordinator, they're really not going to show anything. Um, on the field in terms of different or I guess maybe unique coaching things I've seen, they are doing a lot with Nolan Smith. Um, they have him playing off-ball linebacker. I saw some plays tonight where he dropped into coverage, uh, in, in zone coverage. So they seem to be wanting to get creative with him. I don't know if that's because they actually think it fits his skill set or because they just don't have any linebackers they trust. Like, it could be a combination of both. Um, in terms of how they are out on the field at practice, Brian Johnson feels like like kind of quiet. He's not a, a big yeller like Nick is. Um, and Sean Desai, I would say, very energetic. Like, he's, he's running all around, all that. But, uh, you know, I think what we'll really start to learn more about them, unfortunately, or for the better, is when the regular season starts. And you can see their game planning and, and all those things. Yeah, cool. Awesome, man. That's great insight. And, you know, there's something about, like, having a balance with the coaches. Like, you don't want all of them to be, like, you know, pegged at 11 all the time. Yeah, well, you especially know I mean? when Nick so- is the head coach. You need yeah, some for sure. calmness around <laughs> like Jalen. Checks and balances. Yeah. Um, so the other thing is, you know, with – and this is something I thought about last year. Um, you know, Jalen Carter – first of all, Jalen Carter, you know, is looking – I know it's a, a small sample, but just the, the fact that he's willing to like, you know, seems to be willing to go the extra mile and he's he's really um, into like the, the kind of um, – the cerebral part of the game. Yeah. Um, which is a, a huge thing, but um, – Two things is the uh, you know with Jordan Davis is it I in the past I'm mean, 43 I've been watching these guys for a long time and I feel like offensive and defensive linemen like they sometimes they take a little while longer to actually develop mm-hmm. and I think that, you know we as fans you expect so much out of these guys like when they come out of out of a college or a program and, and they're drafted high you're like these guys are going to be it and I, I just feel like sometimes it takes a couple years for them to kind of learn the ins and outs and the other thing is. With with Jalen Carter saying that he's like watching all of these, you know, watching a film on this guy and studying this person, is that something with these guys that come more from the coaches? Like, don't the coaches kind of instill that, like, hey man, you got to watch more film on this guy, or I want you to kind of take this approach with it, um, so that you can win these battles when you're in the trenches. And I appreciate you guys taking my call. You got it, to hear you talking Eagles again. All right, brother, thank you. Yeah, I mean, with the Jalen Carter thing. Definitely. I think that this is the benefit of drafting guys from big time programs. Like it's not that different than, 
how if you go to a good college that's known for something, it prepares you better in that exact field. Like when you're going to a Georgia, an Alabama, a Clemson, the type of big Oklahoma that they're adding, Temple, that they're adding these uh, <laughs> these guys from, like it, it, it helps. And so you can see in the, in the film study. As for Jordan Davis, I agree he should get time to develop. For me, the concerning thing is there's just – no sign of the pass rush. It's not like last year there was, you know, we'd have a game where he was really good and then it's seven or eight games, you know, rookie, whatever. Right. There's just not really any sign, and he didn't do it in college either. Didn't rush the passer in college, didn't play on third down in college. So it's just a continuation of a problem as opposed to you see signs of him coming along. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, look, what, just back to the point of the, the high-level competition, not only are we playing the best players in the world, think about it from this standpoint. Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, and uh, Jalen Carter – all knew what it was like to win it the previous year and yeah. then go back and crank it right back up. That's what this team needs. They need that kind of youthful infusion of guys who know how to do that. And at quarterback. Yes. Right? I mean, you look at Jalen, every – I would imagine all the way back to being a quarterback in Texas, every week he has gone out to play, he is expected to win. Exactly. And he always has the you know the number one like bullseye on his back. So I think that definitely helps. All right, we'll come back. We're going to hear from Marcus Mariota. We'll hear from you as well. 215-592-9494. He's Elliot. I'm Rob. You are listening to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on 94 WIP. Welcome back in, everybody. PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Short Parks as the birds fall 2019 in Baltimore. They will play again Thursday. Next two games are Thursday night games, and then there's a, I believe, a 17 day wait. Elliot until uh, until it gets real. That's yeah. going to be torture those 17 days. You, you could, by the way, you could tell Nick really wanted to win that game tonight. Afterwards, he goes up to, to Harbaugh and he's, you could tell he's making a joke about it. Yeah, yeah. super competitive. He was calling timeouts to, you know, reserve, preserve clock at the end. I think it killed him inside. They couldn't end that streak. What is that? I, to me, this streak is complete luck. I don't, I, there's, I mean, I refuse to believe they are game planning for this, but, but I will say tonight they put, uh, Josh Johnson. Yeah, he first, starts him, and, and then, then Huntley they put comes Huntley in. The third. In. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, at this point, I think they just got to lose one to get it over. With. I hear you. All right, uh, Marcus Mariota got the start. Of course, Jalen Hurts did not play. I wouldn't expect to see him in any preseason games. But he goes seven for eleven, fifty-eight yards, five point three yards per completion. Did run the ball as well four times, twenty-nine yards, over five yards per carry. Here is Marcus after the game tonight. All right, there was Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee, nice game, nice game. Ten, ten for twenty. 148 yards, uh, almost seven and a half yards per completion, a 74.6 passer rating, which is not going to knock your socks off. But if you, you know, just watching the things that he did, Elliot, I thought he was comfortable in the pocket. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line actually did a pretty decent job for him as well. Yeah, I think with rookie quarterbacks, you can accept poor throws, bad decisions in his first preseason game. What stands out is the throws he was able to make, right? The back shoulder stuff, the, the multiple completions over 20 yards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not perfect, but I think you definitely left tonight be thinking, you know, this, this he could definitely develop into something. And was you, so give me your impressions of him thus far in camp, in, in camp and, in, in, you know, I, I, for the most part, everything I've heard is he hasn't really stood out. Yeah, well, he doesn't get many reps. I mean, yeah. he probably gets, I don't know, four to five throws of practice, That's if true. that. Yeah. Uh, and most of them are in the developmental period after practice is over. 
But one thing that has stood out is he started to get the majority of the third team reps. He's now getting, you know, seven, eight attempts of practice where Ian Book, I think in the last three practices, has three total throws. Like he's barely involved at all. Um, and I think Tanner McKee, to be honest, like the player we saw tonight is the best version of Tanner McKee I've seen since camp started. In camp, he's much more check it down, short throws, doesn't really put the ball in harm's way. But what you do see is he throws a nice, accurate, like anticipa- anticipation mm-hmm. ball. Like he he throws it to where the guys are going to be open. So it's a, it's good to see from a rookie. And the other the other issue, if you're Ian Book tonight, there was some really a poor lot of decisions. issues if you're Ian Book. Tonight. Yeah, there was a lot, right? But <laughs> yeah. really poor decision making, and not so much you know throwing into coverage. Throw the ball away, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and I get it. You could probably have gotten away with that stuff at Notre Dame. You can't get away with that in the pros. Well, what I like about McKee compared to Book and then Mariota in a different way, McKee makes really quick decisions. Yeah. But I think Book, A, holds on to too long. I think Mariota, I'm seeing this in camp and tonight, he does not give the play much time. Like, if he drops back mm-hmm. and doesn't like what he sees, he is out. He just runs. Whereas I think it looks like McKee – is making quicker decisions, but also is hanging in the pocket a little more. So we, I, you know, there there were a couple guys who who stood out. I thought, you know, it was a weird night for some guys. Like um, Justin Evans got burned a couple times, yep. but also showed the physicality a couple. Had times. Had the penalty in the end zone. Yeah. yeah, is he someone who's in line to make this team? I mean, he was a, a pretty high drafted guy, but it hasn't really worked it's, out. It's a him. good question. So you, I mean, obviously Blankenship is going to make yeah. it. Terrell Edmonds is going to make it. I think Kayvon is a lock at this point. He yeah. did play kind of mm-hmm. late into the game, but he gets starter reps consistently in camp. Um, and then obviously Sidney Brown. Yeah. So you're four right there. Justin Evans, to me, you can cut him and put him on practice squad with the new – rules where you can have veterans on there and you can call guy, guys up. I think he makes more sense there. I just don't think he's one of the 53 best players on this roster. Um, does add some veteran experience to an extent, but I, I would. I don't think he's going to make it. All right, we keep it rolling. 215-592-9494, reacting to the Eagles' first preseason game and also kind of mixing and matching tonight's game and what Elliott's seen thus far at camp and sort of projecting ahead what this is going to look like. Yeah, like the first one's tough to gauge because there are a lot of the big boys did not play tonight. That's for sure. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. He's Elliot Shore Parks. I am Rob Ellis. You are listening to the PDQ Restaurant Corner Sale Post Game Show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on ninety four WIP. All right, we are back. PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Shore Parks. Eagles lose twenty to nineteen. Really, the only people who really care about the score are the Ravens. As they yeah, their, their streak remains <laughs> popping champagne and Miami Dolphin kind of streak. Yeah, twenty four games uh, they have won straight in the preseason. But uh, Elliot, I think if you if you step away for a minute, and if you were excited about seeing some of the rookies do some things, I and mean, other than maybe Jordan Davis, who didn't you didn't see a whole right. lot from, but you, you saw the flash play from Jalen Carter, you saw. You know, a little bit. Nolan Smith is not going to show up in a box score, but you saw some things. I thought he had some good rushes. Yeah, which, which keen ex- on him for a few plays. Oh, for sure. Which excite you? All the stuff you sort of anticipated about Sidney Brown flying around, you saw mm-hmm. right. So that all those things are there. Some new faces that you wanted to see. DeAndre Swift gave you a little something, right? Yeah. So I, there were some things to, to to cling on to. And look, Tanner McKee was really encouraging. But I think overall, if you just say like, what's the biggest takeaway on what's going to impact this team? I think there were there were two things. Mm-hmm. One is Jalen Carter. Right. Like seeing if if he can be a, a legit pass rusher from up the middle, and that's massive for this team. It helps yes. the edges. Look, they lost Hargrave. I wouldn't have given him that contract. But if they can get that premier de- defensive tackle pass rusher, not just for this year, but beyond this year. Like, that would be massive. 
But the other thing really is, like, they might have an issue with Marcus Mariota. I don't know what you do with it. Like, he's yeah. going to be the guy. They gave him $5 million. It's fully guaranteed. I'd be surprised. But seeing him tonight, you know, it's a back, he's a backup for a reason. And he was not good in Atlanta last year. I know. Like, I, I don't know if you watch this. And I know sometimes you can read too much into things. But did you watch the, the quarterback docuseries? On I've Netflix? not seen it yet. So I watched it, and it, for people who may not be familiar with it, it, it's eight parts, and they chronicled last season Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Okay? It's weird they picked Mariota. Yeah, it, it was the other two sort of make I don't know, I, and it was I think they did it partly because it was a, just a different kind of dichotomy with each mm-hmm. guy, right? But you know, the impression I got from Marcus was he didn't strike me as a guy who necessarily loved playing football, right? Mm. And it just kind of worried me a little bit. And the way it went was um, when he got benched for Desmond Ritter, he then had surgery and then just sort of ghosted them. Yeah. And, like, that worried me a little bit, too. I'm not saying that exact thing is going to happen here, but it just made me sort of question, like, right, where's this guy's head at? Necessarily? Well, I, I also think maybe I'm guilty of this as well. You hear the Marcus Mariota name, you think about 2015, and, you know, yeah. like, he has not been good. Like, he did not play well. I agree. That's in Tennessee. Ex- yeah, 100%. And I agree with you. The whole Atlanta thing is weird, especially for a team that emphasizes culture so much. But just on the field, he's not an accurate passer. And it's such it's going to be such a big deal if he has to go in. Think of how many of the throws they make. Like, A.J. Brown, over the middle, timing throw. Slam. Goddard, over the middle. They like to throw it deep. Like, he can't make these throws consistently. So, lots of positive tonight. But I think probably the biggest takeaway of the player most likely to impact the season is Mariota, in a way. And he was point. he was not good. Yeah, it's a good point. I, and it's it's definitely something to keep your eye on here and how much, in fact, because you're not going to see Jalen. So, I would assume you're going to continue to see yeah. all three of these guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe up. Mariota doesn't play the final one because they really right. kind of pull it back. But this week are going to be the joint practices. That'll be a really good chance to see Jalen, uh, you know, a lot, lots of reps, like 40, 45 reps he normally gets during these practices. Um, so that'll be the, the the bulk of the work they're going to get moving forward to, to prepare. So let's walk through this because both of the joint practices, correct me if I'm wrong, will be here because the games are here. They, correct. They yes. play this Thursday against Cleveland, and then the following Thursday is Indianapolis. So Tuesday, Wednesday – so this week you're talking about? Yeah. No, it's going to be uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then, and then off Wednesday. the day before. All, well, yeah, yeah, no media. Yeah. And then uh, Thursday will be the game. And then with the Colts, they're actually only doing one. Okay. So they'll, uh, you know, probably the day before, two days before, whatever. And, and the reason these are important is it's sort of trending this way in the preseason with coaches where they value these even more than they do these preseason games. Yeah, well, because in these things, you can just work on the situations you want to work on. In the game, you're somewhat obviously tied to it. We can't just all stop and say, okay, we want to do red zone now. Right. Whereas in these practices, you're able to do that. So, I mean, uh, Doug did them, Chip did them. Like, I think they are the best practices of the year by far to get a real look at the team. They're competitive. They do a lot of red zone. They do full field. Like, it's a, they're, they're really good reps for the players. And, and Nick talked about it after the game. They don't want to tip their hand in preseason games that are being televised, they don't mind doing it yeah. in these kind of settings. They, well, they, they're going to run real plays that they're going to run during the season. And it can also be good for, if you remember, the Miami Dolphins came in in 2017 and they end up trading for Jay Ajayi. So you get a chance to look at these players. You get them, in this case, in your facility. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I don't like is, and this is you know minor, they're practicing at 5 p.m. on, on Monday and Tuesday. Hmm. They always practice at 10 a.m. The Browns come in and now they're practicing at 5. Like, Let's remember who the defending NFC champs are and who are one of the premier franchises, and neither of those things are the Browns. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised they're willing to 
to negotiate and move to five. And they're screwing up your dinner schedule on top of oh, everything. Else. I mean, that's the, that's, that's where the this really thing. comes from. That's yeah. where it is. Yeah, the underlying issue. All right, let's come back. We'll put a bow on this one. Uh, Eagles lose twenty to nineteen to the Ravens in their first action since the Super Bowl. Amazing, amazing. They are back. All right, he's Elliot Shore Parks. I'm Rob Ellis. PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on ninety four WIP. Welcome back in, everybody. PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale Post Game Show. Rob Ellis, Elliot Shore Parks. Elliot, it, it is in all seriousness. As much as some of getting through preseason games can can feel like a chore to an extent, especially late in games when you know you're not familiar with a lot of people that are mm-hmm. in there. It is good to have football back. I mean, we only get twenty of these. Yes, like you're only guaranteed twenty of them. Like, obviously, I think most people hope it's twenty three games <laughs> yes. this year, and you're uh, and we're we're all in Vegas uh, for the Super Bowl. <laughs> but you only get twenty of them, and and I would also say that while it's fun to see Jalen and AJ and Devontae, and you, you want to see them just for the entertainment of it. Yeah. Like, what are we really learning about them in a quarter tonight? So while them not playing is disappointing in a way, just from an entertainment perspective, the guys that played tonight, it was an important game. Like These are important snaps. Seeing yeah. Jalen Carter, seeing Marcus Mariota, seeing uh, Jordan Davis, finding out about the depth at, at linebacker and corner and safety and all these things. So while the final score doesn't matter, the snaps themselves and the players are incredibly important. Well, that's the thing. I, I'll, I will never say that these games are meaningless because, I mean, let, let's face it, the Eagles had four guys who were undrafted free agents who made the team last year, some of which contributed, right? Yeah. If that's the case, these games aren't meaningless. And I know some of that, you know, the joint practices, you, you could feel things out in practice, but the games help certain guys too. A hundred percent. And just let's look at the offensive line. If one of these guys goes down, and knock on wood, hopefully, you know, then you're you're the guys you saw tonight are going out there. So yeah. how Tyler Steen plays at left tackle, super important. Dennis Kelly, a veteran guy that they signed that had a bad rep late, like that really matters. So, yeah, I mean – Look at when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. We talk so often about Foles, but they had backups in all over the place. Mm-hmm. Vitae, you know, the, the running backs were a committee, all those things. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was an important game tonight. And for the coaches, it'll be really important, too. Like, this will give them tape now to really break down of these guys, to to correct things, and to, you know, get ready for the joint practice. And, and I think one other thing, and believe me, I get playing against second and third stringers is not what Tanner McKee would be facing in a real game. I understand that. But if he hasn't necessarily shined in practices mm-hmm. for, to see him go out there when the red light goes on and perform the way that he did. Yeah. It, it's got to make you, you know, you got to be encouraged if you're a coach by uh, watching a hundred percent. And also if Tanner were to play in a game this year, he would be playing with the starters. So he would have yeah. better talent uh, uh, around him as Very well. True. And that is one thing that I did like about him a lot tonight. He put the ball in places where like he gave his receivers a chance to make a play. Yeah. So the throws he was making tonight, you could see him making those same throws to an A.J. Brown or a Devontae where he's putting it up and trusting his receivers to go make a play. All right, lastly, assuming that you – because you got Swift and Penny tonight that you will get on Thursday, Gainwell and Scott. Sirianni likely, said that afterwards. Yeah. I'll be curious to see if he actually does that. They've okay. been handling the running back so weird this year. I, I don't know what to predict. With All that. right, that's certainly something to be, uh, to be watching for and then the joint practice as well. Going to be an eventful week, that's for sure, this week and next week as we inch closer to the regular season. All right, uh, fun, fun show tonight. Elliot, great job. Very fun, man. yes. Appreciate it. Thanks to our engineers and producers, Mike Angelina, Dan Wilson, Andrew Swank, Dave Scalish, of course, Henry Machette, and... Jack Fritz. 
Good job out of everybody. It takes a village, people. Yes, it does. All right, so don't go anywhere. Sean Bell is coming your way next, and uh, we'll be back with you guys on Thursday as well. So everybody, have a great rest of your Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the PDQ Restaurant Point of Sale postgame show on the Eagles Radio Network, presented by PNC. Make today the day on 94 WIP.